Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand, and I'm so glad you've tuned in today. It's December. And this is going to be the last episode of 2014. So I wanted to talk about a subject that, quite honestly, I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with, and that's the end of your process of setting goals. I love it because I really do enjoy this process of intentionally planning what's coming up in, in the year ahead, but I kind of hate it because somehow most of those goals of mine end up forgotten a couple of months into the new year. So today I'm calling in the reinforcements. My guest is Sabrina Walters. She's a marriage and family therapist and author of a new book called Enticing Love, Real Hope for Real Relationships. And she's got some really great tools for you today. And I think you're going to really enjoy them. And all of these relate to your end of your process. Hey, Sabrina. Good morning. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. I wonder if you could take just a moment and tell us a little bit about your setup and balance between work and family, because you have a very unique one. I do. Uh, I am a working mom, but I'm also a working daughter uh, sister, auntie. In my home, we have nine people living with us, and um, wow. none of them are my own children. Wow, wow. So you have a lot you have a lot to juggle. You kind of get it when it comes to balancing a lot of different things. Exactly. I thought it would be over by now. We're a <laughs> peaceful, serene, non-chaotic life. No, that's not in my... It's not how it happened. No, it's just not what I'm ever going to have, I don't think. So. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, I'm inspired that if you are able to have an end of your process for yourself, that potentially I myself might be able to do the same because I do not have nine people living in my household. There are only four of us and a dog. So I think I, think I should be able to tackle this. So <laughs> I want to talk, I want to jump right in and talk about your recommendations for this end of your process. And it's, you sort of start out with a piece that I've personally not done before in a very intentional way. And that's reflecting back on the year that just passed. So can you talk a little bit about your recommendations for doing that? Absolutely. I think before we can look forward to the new year, we really need to look back and say what, what went well and what didn't go so well and what were the highs and the lows it's kind of like sitting around the dinner table we do this as often as possible at our house we try to do it once a week at least but we sit around and the little ones at our house remind us every time what are the highs and lows everybody they want to know and i think unless we look back and find out what are those um, points in our life where it didn't go so well and we reflect on why that didn't go so well and what we need to make it go better, then we um, don't know how to move forward. And then if we also don't celebrate the highs, then we're just not honoring what we've already been through. And we want more of those highs in the future. So how did that happen too? And do you just recommend people do this just based on like a gut? Like I'm thinking of the last year, or do you recommend people like take out their calendar and say, what the heck was that? Because I mean, for me, I have a hard time remembering what I did last week, let alone in January of last year. Right, right. No, I I do think it's important to get out the calendar or um, even open up your photos. And Oh, that's a good idea. You know, just, I did that yesterday, actually, in preparation for this. I opened up my photos. And of course, I ended up deleting all the before and after shots of myself. <laughs> 
those are some of the lows I would like to forget. But um, I loved looking back over my last year and oh my gosh, I've had so many highs that I forgot about little moments totally at the restaurant, you know, celebrating somebody's birthday and we take a snapshot of, you know, our darling kids or whatever. And those it was a really fun um, journey down memory lane. So as you're kind of going back over the year, so are you recommending people write this down? I mean, what does this whole process look like? Are you sitting with yourself in front of a, you know, your computer and a piece of paper and just kind of documenting and just revisiting the emotions and things that were high and low or what's the, what's the process? Absolutely. I think it's important to get out that journal and I really like physically writing Uh, a lot of me too. Yeah, Me too. Get away from it because it, we're so much of a computer age. But honestly, there's something about um, that mind-body connection when we write. Uh, it, it tunes into our heart a little bit more. So get out that journal and write down some of those um, highs and then also write down the lows and why were they were low and what was missing in that moment for you that you need moving forward Um as, as you think about that and reflect on it, what do you need to have um, more intentionality in your life in the future or more relationship? Um, what do you need in your life? So what was lacking and what do you need are the things that I, I really like people to focus on. So when they think of those low points, because I think, I mean, some, absolutely, sometimes low points happen because, you know, work is really awful. But a lot of times I think low points happen because there's like seven things that are not lining up right in your life. And it just is like, you have, there's not a bright spot. So it's not that, at least for me, thankfully, it's not that I've had something gigantic happen in my low, low points. It might be just that nothing stacking up the way that I need it to. Right. And honestly, when I look at it, it's kind of like throwing um, all of all of last year. I, I think I always think about sifting through the good and the bad. And it reminds me of my grandmama gardening and she wanted the best dirt. So she would throw all of the dirt onto screens, these big screens, and then she would sift it and shift it and, and shake it. And what shakes out is the really good dirt. What's left on top are some clods of dirt, sometimes some really good gems. So they're kind of the standouts. And I like to think of my mm. life. That way. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's really awesome. So, okay, so we sit down, we look at our past year, uh, we kind of figure out what the highs and the lows were. And when it comes to, I guess when it's, it's sort of a similar process, when it comes to the highs, what were in place that made it a high, right? And then exactly. for the lows, what was not in place and what, what were you missing that made it a low? Outside, I mean, I think sometimes you have you do have those lows, like I got in a car accident. Like It's not like you can right. take that away from your life. Right. And some of those things are completely out of our control, but most of the lows in our life had something to do with some choices we were making in our life um, or not being intentional, which is also, you know, really a choice. It's adding to our lifetime, maybe, or maybe it's adding to our life um, some person that will help us guide us through some really difficult times, um, that kind of thing. So, it's looking at what would have helped. It's kind of like you get a do-over for a second. And you oh, I like that. I like that idea. 
past and you say, what could I have done differently? Even if you were in a car accident, what could I have right. done differently? Maybe I needed to ask for more help from the people yeah. around me. Maybe I needed to engage, um, you know, my husband more in the process of taking care of the kids during that time because I was like turning into a, a raging maniac. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> never. never. Uh, well, and you really relate a lot of this to core values. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So if we know what our core values are, and, and I use a core values index, um, which is available on my website, <clears throat> you can understand what your real needs are. Each one of us have a different set of core values. Um, mine comes out that I'm really, really high in love and truth. Mm. And I need that in my life. And I need to be connected to my love and truth. And when my life goes sideways, and it gets really wonky, it's because I am not honoring the fact that usually I'm hiding some kind of truth from someone because I'm afraid of losing that relationship. So for oh. me, I've got to hold on to my truth and know that my love is going to be able to communicate that truth in a way that people can hear. Now, for you, Megan, you are a high power person, power and faith that you believe in what you can do and what you can get done. And you're highly intuitive. Um, sometimes you may not honor the fact that you have what it takes to get it done. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing. But <laughs> that, um, that faith in yourself, or maybe it's just um, being aware of how that power is um, encountered by other people. or So it really helps to understand. And usually when you shake it out and those clods of dirt are on that screen, you can look back and think, oh, well, yes, for me, it's almost always because I haven't been completely truthful with myself or those around me. I love looking. Yeah, I love looking at it in a, in in this different way because you're very familiar with this core values index. I just took this for the first time yesterday. So, <laughs> I you know, I definitely recommend you going to Sabrina's website, and we'll put it in the show notes to take a, an abbreviated version of this test. But it'll give you a good idea of where your core values are. And it's not that you don't know what your core values are, but it just kind of gives you. And I should also say this only took me, I think it actually took me under 10 minutes. It didn't even take me 10 minutes. Um, so it's, it's very quick, but it kind of gives you that objective look at, you know, the areas that you're strong and the things that are important to you. And it kind of like, as I was looking through the description and there's like a giant long description of, of each of these areas, I was like, oh yeah, that's why I'm struggling with X because Y is missing that they just pointed out right here. It's not that I don't know that, but it's just easier to see it in a more objective term using language that maybe I don't always use. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I love this assessment. And when, when I'm looking definitely at the a year to come and setting goals for myself, I want it to line up in absolute accordance with my core values, because if it doesn't, I am not going to have a happy new year. Uh, it's going to be a year that I'm struggling to be somebody I'm not and something I'm not. And I want it to be in alignment with, with my core of, of who I was created to be, kind of the DNA of my soul. Well, and I think that sometimes this may mean making some decisions, right? I mean, I would I would think that if you're really out of alignment with your core values, maybe in your job or some of your relationships, or, you know, even just the logistics of your life, I would think some of this means making some harder decisions. I mean, do you do you find that? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the whole reason the core values was invented was to put people in the right places within a company. It was used. Oh. And it's used by a man named Lynn Taylor. He was the one that designed it. And he started using it over 20 years ago to turn around companies by making sure every person is in a seat in the company that lines up perfectly with their core values. Then it feels like they're working. They could work for free because they love what they're doing. Right. They're at that sweet spot. And if you're not experiencing that sweet spot in your life, I could almost guarantee it's because your core values are not being honored in something, either in your relationships or your work or even within yourself. So absolutely, it might mean some tough decisions are going to have to be made. Um, and also, you know, for me, I have very little of what we call power and knowledge in my life. It doesn't mean I'm not a powerful person or right. that I'm not knowledgeable, but right. I'm really low in those areas of core values. And and so the decision for me is I need to put some money on the line to hire these people that are going to help me manage my businesses and my family that in a way that I just don't naturally do. Oh, that's interesting. So you need to, you feel that you need to supplement those areas that you're really low. Cause I'm super high in two areas and then super low in two of the areas. So the, the philosophy is that you're, this is not your natural area of talent and inclination. So really you should find some support in those areas that you're not strong in. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Because interesting. We want you functioning out of your highest and greatest core value, unlike right. other assessments where they want you to become what you're not. Oh. You know, become more of that area that is a really low quadrant for you. We want you to stay in your highest area as as much and as often as possible. So we don't want you, you know, meandering down a road that is not you. Like for me, it's the banker person. I am not a money me neither. person. I'm not a <laughs> person. I am not that person. And so in order to be successful, I just had to honor that and say, I will never be that. I'm so low. It feels like trudging through mud with lead boots on. I've got to hire someone, and I do. I I spend a lot of money making that happen, and doing that makes me so much more successful, and I make more money because I actually honor the fact that that's really low, and somebody else is really high in that, and I'm going to hire them to do that for me. That's so interesting. I love that. Okay, so we've looked back. Hopefully people will go to your website and take the CVI because it's it's a very powerful tool. So now, and let's say they don't, just hypothetically, they for some reason, maybe they somehow otherwise figure out what their core values are. Yeah. So then we're talking about looking forward to the next year. So what's your strategy there? So my strategy and what I really encourage people to do is take some time and schedule it on your calendar um, to actually get away. And if if you want to do this, I, I kind of do it by myself first. So right. I schedule a coffee date with Sabrina and <laughs> I, <laughs> I go to my favorite Starbucks, the one that I don't know anybody at. And I take my journal and I, I just sit with my journal and I start dreaming about what I want in the future, what I want my new year to look like. And I write down my visions, my dreams, my hopes. Um, and I really take some time to like close my eyes and listen to some music that is inspiring to me. And I just jot down those dreams that come to me. 
And then I take time with my husband. And what we try to do is get away every January for a planning weekend. And in that weekend, we, we do kind of what we've talked about. We look pa- back and we look forward and we take our calendar, of course, but we also do the same sort of exercise where we're dreaming about what we want in the future. And we plot out the year. Um, we do this in a lot of ways, both through like, when are we going to put on our seminars? What, you know, what do, what, what learning opportunities do we want? Um, what do we want financially for us? How are we going to set that up? So it's kind of a big weekend of really planning it out. Um, but it, and it takes time. And then I think it's really important to, well, for me, because I'm a really highly creative person, is to put something, to make it feel like it's organic and fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. My husband loves setting goals. I'm kind of like you, Megan. Uh, it kind of is pretty <laughs> weird to me. It's a four-letter word, four-letter word. And so he has to honor that and um, sit with me while we go through magazines and we make a vision. Oh, so the creativity piece for you is important, but for him, he could he could just write it down and be fine. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because it's not, I just remembered something and I ironically was also going through my pictures yesterday and I think I sold myself a little bit short in my introduction because one of the things that my husband and I wanted to do last year was also get away a couple of times during the year and we put it on the calendar in January. And you know what? We actually got away a couple of times last year, which is really hard to do when you have kids and everybody's working and there's things going in seven different directions and you have family vacations and camping trips. It's hard to book time to get away. And I was really proud of us because I think we got away two or three times last year, just the two of us. And so I love the idea of making a date with yourself, but I think also, I don't know if you do this, but I think also a best practice is scheduling that out in advance. So maybe with your husband, you schedule something quarterly, or maybe for yourself, you do a monthly coffee date with yourself and do a check-in to see how you're doing. The other thing that I, um, I actually went to my Facebook page and I asked a question like, what do you guys do at the end of the year? And somebody, my friend Kristen posted something and I was like, Oh, I totally need that. And it was, she said, I have accountability partners and I have two for work and one for this. And I was like, Oh, I need some of those. So I actually talked to a friend of mine this weekend and I was like, Hey, do you want to be my accountability partner? I don't really know what that means, but I think we should do it. (laughs) Absolutely. So talk about that a little bit, having like some accountability. Well, you know, as you look back, a lot of us will realize the reasons we didn't get get those goals, um, you know, solidified or they didn't come to fruition is because we weren't accountable to anyone. So as you look back, I want you to think about what do I need in order to make this really happen this year? And it might mean that you need to hire a a counselor or a life coach, or for me, I just hired a a spiritual director to help me be more intentional about my life. And um, it might mean you need to hire an accountant. Yeah. Um, You know, it just depends. But as you look, look, you, you can't do this alone. We all are thinking that we're lone rangers, but you can't. And that's why accountability is really important. And it might be just a friend that you have that you can say, I'll be your accountability partner and you could be mine. And we got to meet and you've got to call me and you've got to, you know, message me and say, how is that goal coming? Right. And I think just, again, kind of carving out that time with that accountability partner, with yourself, with your spouse and all of that, I think is really important because otherwise it's just like you blink and the year's gone. Yes. 
Yes. It's, it happens very quickly. So you have another uh, strategy that you offer and it's about making these things tangible. Can you share that too? One thing that we do uh, in our conference is we have people write on stones the things that they want to uh, really remind themselves of, that it's like it's solid in their life. Also, sometimes I have them write on a stone what they want to get rid of and they throw that into a pond or they throw it away from themselves into a field or something. But I, I would really encourage you to write that one thing that you want more of in your life this year and then set it by your door or as you're walking out of the house or next to your sink in your bathroom so that it is a reminder every day. I want more truth in my life this year. I want more relationship. I have power. I want to use my power more. Um, but that, that word, boil it right down to the absolute greatest need of your life and make it something kind of permanent. Um, you know, it's interesting. I want to hone in on one word that you said, and it's the word one you just said, <laughs> what's the one thing? And that's so hard for me. Cause I'm like, I would have a pile of stones. Like I, here's the 20 things that I want. And that's super ineffective, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay. So we have to actually hone it down. Okay. But when it comes to like things like visioning and looking forward, you're not just saying do one of those things in the coming year, but you're talking about when it comes to the reminder and this tangible stone or whatever you choose right. to do. Yeah. Boil it so down to one. And it's, it, it sounds like it's a core value thing, right? Yeah. Bring it back to my grandma's sifting, sifting screen. You know, we are getting rid of all of the clots and even some of the jewels that we want in our life. Those are going to be there. They're going to be right there in our garden. But there's this one thing, one thing left that we're like, absolutely. This is the one thing that's going to be my mantra for the year. Sabrina. Is this a time for wisdom? And what would wisdom look like? That is that is my stone, actually. Oh, I love that. Do you do a new one every year? Or could it be the same? It can be the same. You know, in our core values, there is one area that you really need to shift into that makes you more powerful and more um, contributing all the time. And for me, that's wisdom. Um, it's something that I, I'm strong in, but it's not my strongest. And so I... Mm. I need to shift into that so that I settle down, I I lay back and I observe and I think and I become more thoughtful, more intentional, and then I can pop back up and be in my love self. Um, So for me, it's wisdom. I love it. Love it. Well, this has all been so amazing. I love all of these tools and tricks, and I'm actually excited to now dig into my end of year and beginning of year process. So thank you so, so much for being here today. If people want to find out more about you and all of the great work that you're doing, where might they do that online? I think the best place is corevaluescouples.com. And uh, you can find out all about the the conference and the book that we have and um, yeah, my services for you. Excellent. Well, and I will also put a link to that in the show notes. And that's also where you can find this core values exercise that you can do. So again, highly recommend you do that. And of course you can find life hacks for working moms at the website, LH, the number four WM.com, as well as iTunes. I do recommend you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thanks so much for being with us today. This is the last episode of 2014. You guys have made it an amazing, amazing journey for me. So thanks again for listening and I will see you in 2015.